0: Politics podcast, the show for normal Americans from this undisclosed bunker. Here's your
1: host,
2: Tony Reid.
3: And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 24th of March, year of our Lord 2020. And I survived a medical clinic. Gonna do a skit today for shits and grins, because I thought of it on the way home. How would CNN cover what I just went through? I'm sure it'd be pretty interesting. But um, cases are up, as we talked about before. Um, They have exponentially just gone through the fucking roof. And New York lost a lot of people last night, which is incredibly sad. Um, <clears throat> but more to follow on, you know, talking to people that actually are in the know, which was my doctors. 46,285 cases, 588 deaths. Uh, New York's got 23,000. They're in like ground zero. Colorado, 720. Tennessee, 615. Um, Oregon, people that I care about. Oregon actually being so close to Washington is doing really good, only 191 cases. But um, now uh, there've been 183 deaths in New York, so um, it's quite a few. But um, we're going to go through the trip and go in grocery shopping because um, that'll be. We got a short bunch of stuff I'm putting together after the skit that are covering, you know, what we what the media is doing because there's been some silly shit. So we're going to cover that but um anyway I, I headed out at six fifteen. Uh my appointment starts at seven thirty so I'm usually there at seven fifteen and there was a lot less traffic. So we're talking about a normal middle of the country um city. It, it people are heating it. Uh I stopped at a convenience store that I go to that's really clean. They kept everything clean and got a couple of monsters, some dip, and then I uh <clears throat> Sat in the parking lot listening to the only song we're going to play today. I haven't been playing songs, but I, I, I have this thing to sidestep where I literally every night believe my head is compressing memories like a computer. And weird shit comes out, like people I knew from high school. And anyway, this song by Audio Slave just kept playing in my head all night because I didn't sleep well. Um, I had a lot of back pain lately, because I've been doing stuff, and, and just couldn't get comfortable. It's just one of those nights. It happens. So that song played over and over and over, and over. so we're going to play it today. So anyway, so I sat in the parking lot listening to Audio Slave on fucking repeat, and I went up to the door at 7.30 precisely, um, doing my happy dance, because I had to piss like a mother. They didn't let you in the building. And they talk through a, a speaker. We're going to do one at a time because we were all social distancing. There was three of us, same people every month. Uh, we're stacked for our appointments. And once again, for those that are new to the show or don't remember, it's a pain clinic. Um, I'm on pain management because the surgery didn't work and my back is garbage. It's just fucking garbage from the neck to the tailbone, garbage. I had a, When I got in the military, I had a 65-year-old dude's back and I was 37. So it just got worse from there the fatter I got. And so they brought me in, I filled out the paperwork, I paid, and they told me to sit out. And then they brought the next person in. So they did stage it very well. I was wearing gloves, I did not wear a mask, they asked me not to. I called the day before to make sure we were doing it, and they said, don't wear a mask because you'll freak fucking people out. But the one thing I did notice is a lot of us talked about it, and a lot of us were saying the same thing, because you go through stations where you have to take a urinalysis, then they take your vitals, then you go back out in the waiting room, and then you sit until your doctor pulls you in, and... Almost majority of the people, and I did a, you know, if it was CNN, it was way more detailed than what you get from CNN. I asked people, you know, you hate Trump or you're Democrat, whatever, because I do a podcast and I just want to know what people think. And around me was a Trump supporter, a person who was indifferent, me, and then a guy, African American, who fucking hates Trump and is going to vote for Biden universally, we all said it's too much. It's just gone too far. It's a serious disease. But the African-American Biden supporter literally said, there's more people dying on the flu, and we're not doing shit about that. I don't know why we're closing everything down. It's, it hampered his business. It fucked up the last year of his daughter's college. It's very interesting. Then I got into the room, and I joked and said, I'm going to social distance and follow you, and then you could talk to me at the doorway. And she started laughing. She's pregnant. During our conversation, it kind of went in, where she kind of correct me a few times, and then she finally, because she remembered who I was, and we always talk about stuff. Okay, you're right. But we got to stay flat in the curb, and they're really hammering people like us. If we stay open, we have to do all these things. But you're right, there's so many more people dying, and hopefully in two weeks this goes away, because it is what you say. Young kids getting it now, because they're blowing all the shit off, and the old people are holed up in their house scared to death. Um, So I then... Left the building, wished everybody well. I was wearing gloves. Took the gloves off, disinfected my hands anyway. Was have wipes. Got in the car. Went to Walgreens. Walgreens doing something very interesting. It's a twenty four hour Walgreens, but they don't let you in till nine, and then they close at six. And they're still doing stuff through the. You can get certain things through drive through the pharmacy side. So I drove up, and there was five cars, two lanes. Very quickly, I went up, and they said, yes, we have your prescription. should be done in 45 minutes. And I said, well, okay, I'll come in and pick it up at 9. Well, I then left and went to a Publix. Now, this is where the story gets kind of funny, because I've been to Kroger's. I've been to Walmart. I've been to Walmart Supercenters and Walmart Marketplaces. So I've done them both. And it's gone back and forth. You can tell as I've gone in and just got a few things. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going out. I'm protecting myself, but I'm not doing stupid shit. It's like if we want something, some bread or whatever, I'm going to go out. I mean, I'm not going to fucking combust and catch on fire. But on, on on whole, we're not going out a lot. And there's been times that they looked okay. There's been times that looked medium. And those times they look like you know Godzilla went in there and took a dump. There's nothing, right? Well, the last place I went to was a Kroger, and they still look pretty impacted. Certain things were there, toilet paper was gone, food was gone. So, when I walked into the Publix, which, no offense, some of you Northerners, that's a rich people's place. You know, it's very expensive. It's not like Kroger. Your, your, your Publix card's not going to save you a shit ton of money. Um, <clears throat> it's just going to save you a little bit of money. When you enter, it looks normal. Because a lot of people aren't buying vegetables and fruits their deli looked half. Their bake shop looked normal. But this is when I make the common thing across the board. The media has spun this up so bad, people are scared because every time I did a dry cough, just a little <coughs> like that, because of my allergies. Allergies are horrible here, tree pollen's very high. I am fucking dying from the pollen. They literally stare at you. And then I say, hey, listen, I have allergies. And everybody starts laughing. It happened in the parking lot of the Publix. I probably coughed three times during the whole visit. And I'll tell you, they tested my temperature twice in the medical visit. But in the Publix, it was very obvious. Very rich people. They did not like it. People moved away from me. I was going to get some bread and I did a little cough because I'd walked to the parking lot and it just it's fucking me up. I wouldn't be as bad, but the wife left the wind the door open or the window open last night, and if that happens with my CPAP, it just blows that pollen straight in my lungs and I am fucked for the next day. I'm just fucked. She forgets, not on purpose, it just happens and it fucks me up. So my my throat was garbage when I woke up and it's not COVID. But people don't know that. So they're a little freaked out. I noticed that. But then after you leave, to get back to the point, once you start leaving fruits and vegetables, you start seeing it. Meat was still fucked. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't stocked. No toilet paper. Certain areas like chips, sweets, they'd spread it out. And... I think that pretty much was it on the what wasn't there. Everything else looked pretty fucking normal. And this is a very large town. I mean, there's like 200,000 people living around here and more that shop in the Clarksville area. There's actually stories of people from Nashville coming up and buying guns and ammo because there's nothing in Nashville. All the liberals lost their shit when I got guns and bullets and they sold everything out. So now they're coming up here to buy shit. And that's why our numbers have gone up locally because of that. We've got, like, 15, I think, now. Um, And they're directly saying it's because people from Nashville, which is deeply impacted, are coming up and traveling to get food and things like that. So then I get to the register. In front of me is an elderly lady, very rich, a lady behind her, rich, and then there's me, not rich. It's obvious by the way we dress, just being obvious, right? So I I was like, well, they got full carts. Fuck this. And I went to self-check. And as I was self-checking, this interesting thing that has never happened ever in my life. I've never seen it. I'm sure it's happened before, but I've never seen it. I scanned two cans of diced tomatoes and a can of puree. And this little liberal kid... Who was unisexual. Said you have to put one back. And they were rationing. Limit of two. So then I started being a smart ass. Well I have two Merlot. Is that okay? Because my wife's drinking wine. So I got her some wine. And I had two fresh baked bread. And a bun. I said is this different? And I started being a smart ass. Because I've never seen it. And they didn't do it to anyone around me. I literally looked. To the person to my right, and they had four cans of tomato products, and he didn't say a fucking word. So it doesn't seem like it's universal, but it was definitely class-aversal, so I'm going to sound like a liberal for a second. Class-aversal, because he did correct me, but I saw people with multiple that didn't correct, so it's not 100%, but it is happening. So maybe that's a good thing by Publix, I don't know. Um, I think it's a little over the top, but they are an appearance company um, you could tell by the way they're stocking. They're spreading their things out to look good. Good on them. I'm not disparaging that one bit. You know, every company's got their thing, and that is their thing. And I just thought it was interesting that they literally were rationing certain things. But overall, toilet, paper, yeah, you're fucked. And meat products in my area were impacted. But the shelves had things on it. Why am I making a big deal out of that? Yamichi Alcinder, she's the one from our last podcast, who went on and on and on about somebody called it Kung Flu. No names, no verifications, just Kung Flu. Well, her tweet President Trump just said we don't have empty shelves. Fact check. Here are our picture my husband took. Today in Virginia, he couldn't find paper towels or bread. There are definitely empty shelves across the country. That's the kind of tweets that are going on still in our media that's supposed to be objective. Because they want to make sure every fucking thing he says gets crushed. Refuted. And I just thought that was the most petty fucking shit. So I ensured I looked at the shelves and no. Yeah, there's toilet paper's fucked for a while. I mean... People are buying toilet paper and water, even though they're saying you don't need to buy toilet paper and water. They're still panicking. And they're panicking not because of Trump, in my opinion, because I did my survey, to get back to that group round table, not scientific, not a whole lot of people, just a group of four. Everybody said the same thing. You turn on the TV, you were fucking freaked out. You're just freaked out. And that landed me to do a CNN skit on the same thing. So I'm going to play the skit you're going to hear Be Yourself by Audio Slave and then we're going to go into a very short portion of the latest Tomfoolery from Washington and then we'll close this pick in joy I am Wolf Blitzer Today, in the press briefing from President Donald Trump, he stated that America needs to get back to business, things are on the shelf, and everybody should feel a lot more safer with this COVID-19 pandemic. We sent out our ace reporter, Jim Acosta, who left a safe place to go to a local medical clinic and a Publix. Jim, what did you see? Well,
4: I'm out here in Clarksville, Tennessee. Today I went to a pain clinic in a local Publix. Excuse the muting of my voice, but I did not want to leave my safe base and I am in mop-full protective gear issued by the U.S. government. As you can see behind me, these statements by President Donald Trump are false. I am standing in a toilet paper aisle, and there is not one roll of toilet paper. Jim, uh, when the camera passed in, we saw things on the shelf. Oh, that was a mirage. There is no food here at the local Publix. Not a grain of rice, no seasoning. There is not even a Tic Tac in this building. Donald Trump is lying to the American people and giving false hope. So, Jim, how did the medical clinic go? When I pulled into the medical clinic, the staff disinfected me with solution, scrubbed me down, just like Bruce Willis in the 12 Monkeys. You can see, well, you can't see because I'm wearing my protective suit. They literally broke my skin with brushes and sprayed me down and then brought me in. While I was there, the first thing I noticed was that this pain management clinic Did not have enough masks, nor were they in protective garments, and there was not a single ventilator in a pain management clinic. Donald Trump is responsible for that. I don't know what we're going to do. A pain management doesn't have a ventilator. I then did a urinalysis. I got my vitals taken. I was then given my prescription. Due to this COVID outbreak, Donald Trump's incessant lying, his lack of reaction, his overreaction, his false hope, this appointment took be one hour. It is unacceptable to have a president on a show every day doing a briefing and sending out these lies and hope and overreaction and underreaction and calling it the Kung Fu. That's just my
3: opinion, Wolf. Thank you, Jim. You're such a hero. You are what journalism is. And without you, I don't know how America would have a First Amendment. We'll be right back.
5: Now to allegations of hypocrisy and absurdity as the recovery from Superstorm Sandy becomes a political football. This week, after much delay, Congress is going to vote on relief money for storm victims, but politicians from the Northeast are outraged that Republicans want to give them much less than they're asking for.
6: Hurricane Sandy. Uh, Now, 130 people lost their lives. $62 billion in damage, 72,000 homes destroyed in New Jersey alone, and you voted against Hurricane Sandy relief. And I'm quoting you, sir. You were quoted as saying, I'm not convinced that it was needed. What would have satisfied your threshold of need, sir? Would it have been 500 dead? 1,000 dead? 5,000 dead? What is it that satisfies Martin, your I'll, I'll expectation see, see. of deaths okay. that means that you would have voted for relief for the right. millions of people affected by Hurricane Sandy? Hey, Martin, some of that money wasn't going to be spent for five
7: years. What happens in Washington, D.C. is they say you got to authorize it today because it's an emergency when most of that money wasn't going to be spent for two, three, sometimes four years. I understand that, but sir, but you said you my, were not convinced position. that
6: it was needed. You were not convinced no. that it was needed. No, I'm, I'm asking you the question. As today. as of today, FEMA still has money left to What spend threshold spend today. of deaths, how many deaths do you need? You know it's not about death. Well, uh, well, there were Spending 130... the money
7: didn't bring anybody back to life. You know that, Martin. But the question is, do we borrow that money? Okay. from the future and spend it today. All I okay. said, and conservatives said, is if you want to spend that money, find a way to make cuts in our current programs. So, you can't continue to borrow money every single day like you want to do, apparently. No, in that's the not... Present sir, United sir, States. Sir, How not, would you like to pay for sir, your $55 billion, sir, Mr. Bashir? Did you want to pay for that or not? Sir, I, 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 and I, you're I, telling me sir, that you want to borrow the money me. from children and yeah. grandchildren and force uh, is, is, them is, is, sir, to fund please, um, your
6: spending. Please don't impose... Um, decisions on myself. Well, I have no powers well, as you please know. don't do the but same to me, Martin, as well, well, well because, well, that because was, what you just said was, said. You was imposing on me. You, you said that you were not convinced that it was to needed. It. You said it was but not. Absolutely. Okay. And you, you, you know what to the balance me, was? In the, light, in, in the light of what you just said, sir, can you explain to me why you voted in favor of $380 million in agriculture disaster aid? Has that got anything to do with the fact that you come from a farming family? Why did you vote for that? That to do with my district,
7: and you know what we did, which is different than uh, Sandy? Is we actually cut somewhere else in the budget, and that's what we're proposing here. If you want to raise spending in one place, at least cut it somewhere else. But, sir, and so
6: get your Hurricane straight, Sandy was a once-in-a-lifetime event. That's what yes. the federal government exists to respond to. It was a no, once-in-a-lifetime event. That's nowhere in the Constitution. Why do you vote for agriculture disaster aid? but you will not vote for that bill in the did house you not hear my that my last divided relief mr bishup
7: would you did you miss my answer what i said was Please. this i actually voted to cut spending on another ag program and moved it over here it wasn't new spending like you're proposing to do For Sandy, and in Sandy, we found out FEMA still had money until February, maybe March, that they hadn't spent yet, and they weren't going to spend this money that was given to them for two, three, or four years. All I'm saying is, sometime, someday, and the day is actually going to be Friday morning, we're going to wake up and actually find out. Maybe we're going to cut a little spending in Washington. Two percent is not much of a cut, and but the president wants to cut. Particular programs that are painful. Why does he start with this free cell phone program? 2.2 billion, but no, he won't cut that. But he should do that. It's his responsibility to make certain these funds are used in the best way
6: possible. Congressman Tim Hughes.
8: Sir, you represent part of Long Island that was really hit hard by the storm. I was there after Sandy hit, and people lost their homes, their businesses. They lost friends and relatives. Tell us how significant uh, this delay is for the people you represent. It's absolutely devastating. Is this enough to make you leave the party or switch parties? What would you say to the people who are sitting at at home or sitting at some place they are now calling home because they lost their homes, uh, what would you tell them about the House body and about your party, uh, the party that you've been a member of for many, many years and how they have been, I guess, let down in your view uh, this session? New Jersey Governor Chris Christie just ripped John Boehner earlier. Pretty harsh words. And you know what he said that got uh, my attention when
3: he said, I feel betrayed by members of Congress. And if you have you ever felt betrayed, those are some pretty strong words. How does it behoove Speaker Boehner to put this
9: vote off? I I don't understand it.
3: All right, you're saying, oh man, he's on crack out there. Uh, I know that skit wasn't good, but it's up for fun anyway. I ain't got much time. But, um,. That is Hurricane Sandy stuff, and there's a reason I'm playing that, because that's how the media acted about a local disaster. It was so bad during that time, House GOP ignored Sandy's suffering, another body blow to storm victims. And they stunned Democrats and Republicans to not believe that their hometown suburb could be ignored. The House of Representative failure to vote is just one more body blow, and it goes on. And their stake in the world is damaged, and so is their faith in the government. Mm,
1: mm, 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 mm.
3: It's just over the top. How could you not sign this bill? Well, Democrats don't want to give American checks during the coronavirus. Want? Uh, expanded unemployment benefits instead, and a shitload of PC left-wing climate change horseshit. So when it was about to be signed, they decided not to sign it, and Nancy Pelosi came back and played fuck, fuck, goose. But of course, our media, do you think you heard Sandy? Oh, hell's the fuck no.
10: We should explain that the, they require 60 votes for, to pass this procedural bill. Right. and the This next the procedural, procedural vote to 50, get something 60, to the floor, but me. there is nothing to go to the floor. That's what's so remarkable about that. That's why there is so much right. anger back and forth, because what Mitch McConnell is trying to do is have what's called a cloture vote when there is mm-hmm. no bill.
5: Right, essentially moving forward with a shell, moving forward with an outline and saying we need to keep things moving. We'll fill in the blanks later. Um, Chuck Schumer tried to ameliorate that concern a little bit in his remarks, saying, look, I want to move as fast as you do on this. I will do everything within my power to make the process go faster when there is a deal. But Democrats don't want to get stuck on a slippery slope towards a final vote on a bill that they don't agree with. They would rather have this battle now on ground that they control, if I can use a military medal for here, than allow things to get so much closer to a final vote and then have this fight. It's politically safer, you could argue, to do this now rather than when the final details are are, are hammered out and you could have Republicans saying, we need to do this right
10: Stalemate. Overnight, Senate Democrats block the nearly $2 trillion coronavirus aid package, saying it has a slush fund for big business. Republicans warning their rivals are playing with fire as the economy tanks. Overnight, the new $2 trillion coronavirus aid package was blocked by Senate Democrats on Capitol Hill.
9: Republicans and Democrats remain at odds over spending. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blamed House Democrats after a procedural vote on the Senate measure failed Sunday evening.
11: And the Speaker of the House shows up. And we're back to square one.
10: Uh, Governor, last night, I believe it was yesterday, the Democrats in Congress blocked this latest uh, almost $2 trillion uh, aid package on the basis that according to democrats it had slush fund with is what they call it a pejorative term too much money to corporations not enough to regular folks my question to you though is people are desperate they need this money they need this help is this the time to have these kinds of arguments or should it be fast tracked how long do you want democrats to about hold this average line
11: people. say it again
10: yeah yeah i i said how long though do you want your colleagues in in, in the senate to hold this line you know, and make this point.
9: The urgent negotiations on the Hill tonight to get help to American families in desperate need as unemployment claims soar. The race to get checks out to American families. But is there accountability in the bill for big corporations? What they do with the money. Angry debate on the Senate floor. Frustration after
5: several votes fail. So what's going on?
4: Twice in 24 hours, Democrats have blocked the Republican bill, insisting it puts big businesses ahead of American workers and doesn't do enough to help families, healthcare workers, and hospitals. But Republicans say Democrats are playing politics. But the biggest sticking point? A $500 billion relief fund for corporations. Democrats say it's a slush fund to dole out money with few strings attached. On the Senate floor today, anger
7: and frustration. Also breaking no financial relief in sight, with Congress unable to agree on a stimulus package, the Wall Street meltdown continues. Tonight, Congress still hasn't agreed on a nearly $2 trillion stimulus package. Another vote failed today in the Senate. The gridlock led to a sell-off on Wall Street. Does
0: Congress understand the urgency here? They do, Nora, and senators had been hoping to vote today, but now the timeline is slipping because Democratic leader Chuck Schumer is still locked in negotiations with Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. Republicans argue it is taking too long and that the markets and workers need certainty now.
11: So we want to go and look at that bitter fight on Capitol
3: Hill. The Senate still deadlocked tonight as Americans and American businesses wait desperately for emergency funding. Senators still clashing over that massive relief package
9: designed to rescue the paralyzed economy. Republicans accusing them of trying to squeeze in items that are unrelated to the crisis. Democrats complaining the bill does too little for
3: workers and too much for corporations. Matt Whitlock, how crazy is less than 24 hours ago Schumer was talking about how delighted he was with bipartisan cooperation on coronavirus aid negotiation? Then Pelosi gets back into town, Schumer immediately flipped, and Democrats unanimously voted to block a critical bill. Here's Schumer. Do you think it'll be wrapped up by Monday?
12: Well, I hope it is. We're having good bipartisan agreements. The initial bill Leader McConnell put in didn't have any Democratic input, and we were worried they would just try to put it on the floor and not consult uh, Speaker Pelosi, because the House still has to pass this. But actually, to my delight and surprise, there has been a great deal of bipartisan cooperation thus far.
3: Yeah, even the president was speaking uh, very uh, positively about you. and uh, yeah, e- that, that even doesn't happen pe- very often. Even <laughs> Speaker Pelosi as well. Yeah. Articles come in. House Speaker of California is reportedly why Democrats suddenly oppose the coronavirus. According to Ben Wilson, the chief of staff of Representative Mark Meadows, Pelosi returned to Washington on Sunday with a wish list of Sun demands. Senate spends all weekend negotiating a bipartisan deal agreement. Pelosi flies to California, whips out our unrelated wish list, and says no. Bill Williamson, Senate spends blah, 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 blah. John Bresson, Politico's Washington bureau chief, reported that Pelosi had a laundry list of new demands, including many items completely unrelated to COVID-19 relief, like election security funding, student loan debt forgiveness, and a host of other issues. Despite the Senate agreement, Pelosi also revealed on Sunday the House Democrats have moved forward with their own relief package. According to Politico, Pelosi's action even has some members of the Democratic caucus questioning her motives. Sorry, my throat is so dry, as I said when we started. I'm just dying. Many of these provisions are also being negotiated in the Senate bill, but some House Democrats want to go further using the urgency of the Herculean package to achieve broader long term policy goals like massive infrastructure deals. But even some Democrats are privately wondering what is Pelosi's end game, especially given that lawmakers, including many in our own caucus, don't even want to return to Washington at all, much less have a standoff. With the Senate, the motive, according to New York Times' Maggie Hammerman, is political. It is all about hurting Trump. Some Dems are betting that Trump will receive as Bush post-Katrina as opposed to Bush post-9-11. And there's a split among Dems about how they ought to be handling Trump in this moment, which so far has ended up benefiting the President. Yeah. Democrats had already seized on a moment to further demonize Republicans, as well as established Republicans and Democrats in the Senate have come to an agreement, and blah, 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 saying, fuck it. Undocumented immigrants fearful of Trump administration could be hit hard by coronavirus. Those articles are all playing in the background. All this crazy shit. Then Matt Vesh, or yeah, I think his name's Matt Veshi. he goes on TV and says the following shit, and, oh, I don't remember what the fuck he said, but Nicole Wallace says uh, it's hard for her to wish that Rand Paul will get healthy. MSNBC Hayes says conservatives set to kill a million seniors. Boxer says it's a Trump testing fucking scandal. This is the shit they were doing when they were about to have
9: it signed. This week started. Uh, marked the start of a new reality, from big things like multiple deaths across the country to smaller things like the first time in my career that I'm doing a show from my home. Everything's going to be different now, and when we come through this, things will have changed drastically. But different doesn't have to be bad. Every major health crisis an economic downturn has left its imprint on society, defining an era that followed it and the generation that lived through it. How this one defines us is, in fact, within our control. We can take this moment to change the policies that have failed us. America is the richest nation on earth, and yet this morning, 37.5 million Americans, many of them children, will struggle to feed themselves. 30 million Americans lack health insurance. This morning, an estimated half a million Americans woke up in a homeless shelter, or worse, on the streets. This happens every single day in the richest country in the world. When it comes to changing big policies, the response is either that it costs too much or it's too hard to do. But how will you pay for it, we ask? We all know, even the privileged among us, like me, that our capitalism is broken. Doesn't mean we have to throw it out, but it does mean we have to fix it. And right now, we are going to have to spend a lot of money and do some things that are really hard to do. So why not do it right? Why not be the first generation that fixes wealth disparity and income inequality and universal health care and poverty and homelessness and racial economic inequality and crushing college debt and underfunded public schools and underpaid teachers and the nurses who may save your life in the coming weeks? By the way, how about the climate? During this crisis so far, we have put about a half a trillion dollars a day into propping up financial markets. But not one new cent on economic inequality and justice. These are not expenses. They are investments into our future. There's no question that we're in a moment of darkness. But in that darkness, let us discover our capacity for positive change. We'll get through this stronger in our faith and reliance upon one another. Rugged American individualism may be replaced by the realization that we are our brothers and sisters keepers. Let's be sure that when history looks back on this moment and writes that we changed, it remembers that we took this once-in-a-lifetime chance to make our world a more just society.
4: I don't want this to come off sounding harsh, but I think when people hear that Republican Senator Rand Paul... Um, submitted to a test and then swam in the pool that the gym was open. I know you're not in the Capitol. You're back in your district tending to the needs of of your constituents. But what does it say that in the Capitol, um, at least this Republican senator, didn't seem to have much regard for the health of the people around
0: him?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not just this Republican senator, right? The man's a doctor, Uh, And I would tell you that, you know, like the president's uh, little festival of self-pity, a medical doctor going for a swim and then going to a lunch when we should be isolating really doesn't send the right message, particularly since, you know, there's still defenders of the president and fans of the president who are still there a few days behind the president and that they still think this is all a big hoax. So what people like Rand Paul and the president do really matter to the safety and security of the people of this country. So I have no idea what uh, what Rand Paul was thinking. But uh, at this point, I just hope he uh, he's okay.
4: I think everybody hopes he's okay. I think I think not wishing anyone to be sick or to be exposed is, is a universal sentiment. But I, I wonder if that's just made more difficult.
5: And now... After about a week of that economic dislocation, as we continue to climb up the exponential curve of cases and of deaths, the president is now listening to voices on the right that say, really, what's a million seniors when you're thinking about the whole economy? That's slightly caricatured, but only slightly. I should note, this has been a a, a central conservative right-wing idea forever. It's, It's the same reason there are arguments for why we don't need clean air regulations, even if, you know, tens of thousands of people die every year from lung disease, from additional pollution. It's just that now it's being applied in this extreme case in the midst of a global pandemic and a growing exponential curve.
3: So originally it seems like it's just, oh, we want to protect the individuals and blah, blah, blah. Then stories start leaking the fuck out and it's just ugly. Rashida Tlaib, because this is my theory, she went back, the squad, the people that really hate Trump go, man, things are turning around, things he's saying are true, this is all working, we'll get into the malaria is starting to work, not enough people are dying, everybody's ready to go back to the economy, uh, stock market starting to tick back. Oh, we got to drag this shit out. We can't let him get, get a good bump off this. God damn, man. We want to drag this motherfucker. So Biden can get elected and Biden's gone to ground. Nobody's heard from Biden. There's no stories about Biden. There's no fucking speeches by Biden. Biden's just gone. So Rashida Tlaib confirms my theory. Wants U.S. Treasury to fund coronavirus recovery with universal basic income for all, including illegals. Pose a plan that would have the U.S. Treasury provide the amounts to an emergency universal basic income for every person in America until the coronavirus ends. Pose a call the automatic boost to communities act. Required the Treasury to issue two one trillion platinum coins, which would then be used to issue direct payouts to Americans using a preloaded U.S. debit card. Every the U.S. would receive 2000 as initial payment, then 1000 per month until it's over. The bill definition of every person includes non-citizens and residents of unincorporated territories or protectorates. That's what she wanted to do. In response to coronavirus, the Automatic Boost Community Act would immediately provide a U.S. debit card preload blah, blah, blah. Each card would be recharged 1000 monthly until one year after the end of the coronavirus. The proposal described the funding approach as follows. I'm not reading it. I fully support the FCD-DEM COVID economic response proposal. I want to encourage leaders to consider my truly universal relief proposal package. Uh, direct payments, loaded cars. Hey, Trump, let's provide relief for this crisis for people by giving loaded demits. Zach Carter. This is really ambitious and creative plan because she is an intersectionality scorecard hiring person. The measure also calls for long-term, to go on for a fucking year, card infrastructure creating a converted into permanent treasury-administered digital public currency wallet system to serve as a private respect e-cash complement to universal Fed accounts or postal bank accounts. She also called for progressive tax reform so the distribution to not exaggerated income or wealth inequality in the long term. leave claimed that the move would create no additional national debt. Yeah, it's magic money. Yeah, I got magic money too. It's called a credit card. Until I got a pay it. That's not magic. New York Times, then, to show how bad all this shit is, because now all this shit's getting out, and there were actually hashtags, Democrats don't care about the money, America, Pelosi wants to kill America. They were the number one and two during this. That's on Twitter, who suppresses hashtags against Dems. But Dems were part of it. In my discussion, literally, the Biden African-American said, I don't think we need it, and I agreed with them. I don't think we need to do this, but if we're going to do it, let's do it. Why are we playing games with other shit? So the New York Times, well, the show like the media soundbites you heard, they got to protect Dems. The New York Times quietly edited a headline on the coronavirus relief package that stalled in Congress Sunday, twice making adjustments that were more favorable to Democrats. The original headline read, Democrats block action on 1.8 trillion stimulus. Josh Jordan. New York Times edited their headline, the Democrat blocking the Senate stimulus bill to include seeking worker protection after the original post. So I won't read the whole thing. I'll just read you what it started at and what it got to. First one, march twenty second, twenty twenty. These are all on march twenty second, twenty twenty. First title Democrats block action on one point eight trillion stimulus. Second title, Democrats block action on stimulus plan seeking worker protection. Final one, and this is all online. They're just going back and fixing it. Partisan divide threatens deal on rescue bill. So, do you remember during any other time when a Republicans blocked Democrat efforts? The New York Times said partisan divide. Did Chuck Todd say it? Did CNN say it? I don't remember, ever. Under Obama, it didn't matter what were. they could have been going, hey, we're going to make everybody walk around in Mickey Mouse suits and we're going to pay for the suits. <clears throat> the media would support that. And if Republicans blocked it, they were do-nothing, fucking-blocking, motherfuck cock-blocking motherfuckers. China is an asshole, is his handle. New York Times changed headline three times over the course of one hour. He retweeted it. Democrats reportedly blocked the bill because it didn't go far enough to regard to SNAP funding and additional emergency unemployment insurance and paid leave protections. This is from the New York Times article. For worker, another bill guaranteed sick leave and expanding unemployment assistance. House Speaker Pelosi signaled a move when they announced her intention. But that's not what they were going for. As we'll find out, they they wanted fucking green energy shit, too. Kimberly Strassel... It came out swinging at Pelosi and the Democrats, and the Senate Democrats voted to block the very coronavirus bill they helped craft. Schumer was out trying to call it the McConnell GOP bill because he thinks people are stupid. Sadly, his supporters are, but the rest of America isn't, as it should be. Democrats wanted to play politics, while average working Americans hope they don't lose their jobs this week. Strassel said it best in a tweet screed. Future's down on Democratic gamesmanship with Senate bill to play politics now in the height of irresponsibility. Pelosi owns this. Again, D's were part of the Senate crafting. We're on board now carving to progress, or caving is what you meant to say, to progressive wing again at peril of economy. I hope Republicans put out names of those Democratic senators who provided advice and proposals and support for the bill, only to duck and run when Warren and progressive crew complain. The country deserves better leadership than that. Let's separate wheat from chaff. Some of these, I'm about to tell you, responses to her. I went to their pages. They're not conservative. Theodore, yes, they need to call it the colleagues. Terry Welty, an economic depression helps them in November. Nicholas Chambers, they are casualties of the impeachment hopes. Far left unhinged after the disastrous fiasco, and just can't seem to let it go. Not even for the sake of the country. Larry the Leech, all past sins will be forgiven if Republicans like Romney, for example, go hard on the Dems' game being played. The R's have a chance of a lifetime here. Now, what's not being talked about, and I won't continue reading it, is the fact that five Republicans are in quarantine. So that's why they really started to, on top of, play their we want universal fucking wind power and all the other shit. They had an advantage. And so as more people, like when Paul went out, well, goddamn, let's take advantage of this. I heard CNN literally say that. Well, while they have an advantage in the Senate, they should take advance, advantage of it and try to per, push up for progressive stuff. So that's really on top of the squad, on top of we got to make sure Trump loses. They trying to milk this motherfucker for all sorts of stupid ass shit that the House has approved, but it would never be approved in the Senate, even by Senate Democrats. All their far-fetched illegals get free health care, chicken a pot in the house, and wind energy, and uh, fucking, there was a call for fucking um, um, uh, environmental impacts of jets, they got to change how they have jets for the amount of uh, CO2 they put out, I mean, it it was some crazy shit, so... I don't know if it's supposed to be voted. This morning when I woke up, it was supposed to be um, close. Schumer had a meeting. Let's go to Drudge because I haven't checked. Nothing worse than coming out of a podcast and going, well, yeah, I did get approved. Let's see. It's still close. Yeah, it's still close. They're also floating on top of this, internet voting, which you know the Dems are linked to, so it's going to go bad, and they also want to go with um, by mail. That's another concept the left is pushing. So if they weren't dragging their feet on a bill that they were the ones calling for and the Republicans helped craft with them and was just about... Basically a stimulus, getting some cash in people's and businesses' hands um, with with some restrictions on bonuses and things like that. From what I read, one of the briefings that I, I watched on a network channel, they, they, the Republicans went along with that shit. Trump's polls started going up, as stated. The malaria medicine started actually being used. Shelves did get restocked. And it was a universal, started by Rachel Maddow to show you how fucked up our media is. Trump needs to get off the air. He can't be doing these briefings anymore. They're not saying it because polls are going up and what he's saying is true. They're saying it because his polls are going up. I said that all fucked up. They're not doing it right. They're not saying it because he's scaring people. He's dangerous. He's whatever the fuck the reasons you're about to hear. They're doing it just because of his pulse. There, that's the right way to say it. It's just because of the pulse. It's giving a positive thing. His approval rating on this on uh, uh, this whole thing, even on liberals, keeps going up. And they don't want him on the air every day because now he's getting free shit. And once again, Biden's nowhere to be seen. And they're just, once again, they don't care about people dying. They don't care about economy tanking. All they're focused on is November. That's all the left's thinking about right now. And any positive Trump's bad. So Rachel Mannell says it, and the entire media conglomerate that's supposed to be objective goes along with it.
11: Get Trump off the air.
2: I know we ought to be getting used to this kind of thing by now, but I'm not.
11: This has been prescribed for many years for people to combat malaria, which was a big problem, and it's very effective. It's a strong, it's a strong drug. So we'll see. It was fairly effective against SARS. It was very. It was, as I understand that, I, is that a correct statement? It was fairly effective on SARS. John, you've got to be careful when you say fairly effective. It was never done in a clinical trial. They compared it to anything.
2: You've got to be very careful when you say fairly effective. Um, President Trump today, again, just flat out wrong in public um, about this malaria drug that has gotten stuck in his mind quite some distance from the facts. Yesterday, President Trump proclaimed that that drug had been approved as a coronavirus treatment and would be available almost immediately for use. Within moments, the FDA had to clean that up because that is not true at all. It is not at all approved for coronavirus treatment. But the president loves saying things like, you know, there's a drug we've got. It's very effective. It's approved already. Everybody's going to get it. He loves saying things like that because that would be a lovely thing to be able to tell people. Unless, of course, that's not true, in which case telling people a fairy tale like that is cruel and harmful and needlessly diverting and wildly irresponsible from anyone in any leadership role. It's actually wildly irresponsible if somebody said that to you from a bar stool, if any of us could go to bars anymore. But to get that from somebody at the the presidential podium, nevertheless, he keeps doing it. In the weeks leading up to now, we have repeatedly heard claims from the president that the virus was well-contained, that it was well under control, that it was going to disappear. Remember that? Like a miracle, he said, it was going to disappear. In terms of material, tangible promises, President Trump claimed that we'd have 1.4 million tests available this week. Of course, we've seen nowhere near that. We've got about a tenth of that. Last week, Trump announced that Google was developing a website to help people decide if they needed testing and where they could go to get it. It was going to be, be very quickly done, he said, unlike websites of the past. Turns out, of course, that that website is still in the early stages of development, and currently it's only being tested in one part of California, and it's not even really working just for that. President Trump announced this week that the Navy was sending two medical ships, one to New York City, one to the West Coast, to help treat patients. He said those ships would be launched over the next week or so, depending on need. Wrong. That was also wrong, as NBC's Courtney Kuby puts it. Quote, it's anybody's guess as to when those ships will come in. One of those ships is currently undergoing maintenance. It has no medical personnel on board. The other one is also undergoing maintenance, and it lacks a medical crew altogether. Remember, the president said it'll be there next week. It won't be there next week. The president has claimed that the government has, quote, massive amounts of ventilators. Maybe in normal times, I guess you might say that. But in a crisis like this, the government's stockpile of ventilators will not be nearly enough to satisfy the demand. We need literally tens of thousands more than we have. He has said similar things about face masks and other protective equipment for health workers. He told a group of nurses this past week that the government had ordered 500 million N95 respirator masks. He declined to mention that that order will take 18 months to fill if we're lucky. Millions of masks. Don't worry. Oh, nurses, what are you worrying about? Millions of masks are coming. You just need to wait a year and a half before you might. I mean, there's a, there is a clear pattern here in this crisis of the president, promising stuff that he knows America would love to hear, but it's not true. And even stuff that he's saying that he will do, that the federal government will do, he's not doing. And so the specific way in which the president is failing now is clear. We have said from the very beginning, watch what they do, not what they say. That's very, very, very relevant here. And I say this not to vent my outrage or anything. I am over that, frankly, at this point, I'm just saying it because I feel like we should inoculate ourselves against the harmful impact of these ongoing false promises and false statements by the president by recognizing that when he is talking about the coronavirus epidemic more often than not, he is lying. Even when he's talking about what he has done or what he will do, he is consistently lying and giving you happy talk that is stuff that the federal government isn't actually doing. And it's making people around the country count on the fact that the federal government is doing that stuff when they're not. I mean, there may be other people in the federal government who are saying things that are true. But these daily briefings from the White House are a litany of things from the president that would be awesome if they were true, if they were happening, but they're not. And so the sooner we come to terms with that, I think the better for all of us. If it were up to me and it's not, I would stop putting those briefings on live TV. Not out of spite, but because... It's misinformation. If the president does end up saying anything true, you can run it as tape. But if he keeps lying like he has been every day on stuff this important, we should all of us should stop broadcasting it. Honestly, it's...
3: Calls increase for MSM to stop airing Trump live. You will get people killed. Calls are increased for cable networks to stop airing Trump's press conferences live. As critics believe Trump is turning the White House news briefing into viral, a virtual campaign rallies that can get people killed with lies about the coronavirus. The pressure only increased after Trump's Friday briefing. The Atlanta James follows believes the attention star Trump is turning the press conference to a virtual campaign rally, and Trump would actually lose interest in showing up if the media did not cover the briefing. Also, as a practical matter, the briefings were no longer covered live. Trump would lose interest in uh, attending himself. Then the scientists could come back on stage, and eventually they could be covering live again. Um, much of what Trump said was false. Most dramatically, he claimed the FDA had just approved the use of an anti American, anti malarial drug for treatment of COVID-19, and that would be a game-changer. And it's true, it's actually happening. Um, uh, They go on about his rallies and his bullshit. Rachel Rachel Maddow on Friday evening ripped Trump for wildly irresponsible, consistently lying by telling fairy tales, the false hope. If we were up to me and it's not, I would stop putting those briefings on live TV, not out of spite, because it's misinformation, Maddow said. If Trump is going to keep lying like he has been every day on stuff that's important, we should all... Stop broadcasting it. At the Boston Globe, Michael Cohn writes, the simple fact is that the president can't be trusted to tell the truth, period, in a crisis as grave as this one, allowing to spread misinformation, an unacceptably risky move. Practically every time Donald Trump speaks about coronavirus pandemic, he lies, exaggerates, offers false hope, and spreads misinformation. I swear to God, whatever they say, I'm not going to read the rest of it. Um, they literally have a chat room. Because they're all in sync, man. Jameson Fosser, and definitely stop airing his comments on live television, Brian Schatz said it, Eli Mystic, Michael Cohn, Boston Globe, Bob's Cassetta, The Nation, Daily Cost, Jay Rosen, Matthew Gertz, Adam Blickenstein, Pod Save America, Adam Blickenstein again, Americans are dying, the economy is collapsing, and yet networks are making the same exact mistake they made through 2016, airing unfiltered Trump, see, it's not about what he's saying. It's that he has a direct line to American people, and every time the American people hear him, his polls go up. New York Times, media stop must stop dangerous Trump briefing. Margaret Sullivan, media must stop live airing a Trump's coronavirus briefing, a whole article, um, or tirade, against those briefings appearing on Saturday the media must stop broadcasting stand by for DEFCON one level of anger and angst as Sullivan laughly attempts to justify why the public should be denied live access more and more each day Trump is using his daily briefing as a substitute for campaign rallies that have been forced into extinction these White House sessions ostensibly meant to give the public critical and truthful information about the frightening crisis are in fact working against that end more and more each day the public is showing more and more support for the way President Trump is handling the crisis and that is what likely what really sets up team- suffers like Sullivan when asked how he would grade his response he said a 10 blatant propaganda Margaret how would you rate blah blah blah, okay, blah, blah, blah. pro trump media like one american news who staffer i can't call her reporter invited him to justify a xenophobic chinese virus the post media columns is now deciding who are members of the media and we can see that Sullivan does not consider reporters from Conservative outlets is qualifying as members of an exclusively liberal club. Trump is doing harm and spreading misinformation while working from his own partisan political benefit. A naked attempt to portray himself as a wartime president, bravely leading the nation through a tumultuous time, which is what he is. FDR of the 21st century. The press, if it defines its purpose to getting truthful, useful, non-harmful information to the public, as opposed to merely juicing its own ratings of profits, must recognize what's happening. Business as usual simply doesn't cut it. Minor accommodates like fact-checking the president's statement afterward doesn't go nearly far enough. Radical change is necessary. The cable networks and other news organizations that are taking the president's briefing and live feeds should stop doing so now. Cuomo every day is on the air. There's been no calls for that to stop. There's been calls for him to run for president from the left. <laughs> That's what they want to do. I don't care. Republicans are political creatures. I'm not saying they are, but when you really distill the left, everything's politics. It's nonstop. They don't care you die or not. They just care about pushing an agenda and winning the White House. And it's almost disgusting. New York Times, Trump GOP exploiting virus to assault stonewall Democrats. This was before the vote. But opportunism is clearly a play. News of coronavirus task force are not testified Congress before the sound accusation, but the Halt Democrats said appear to be in line with stonewalling. The administration as engaged in some Mueller investigation and impeachment profits. The White House has blatantly provided support to state governments, blah, 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 border security, hundred and eighteen confirmed cases in Mexico on Thursday evening compared to thirteen thousand United States. Times even whined the Mexico president was accommodating the wicked U.S. policy. Blah, blah, blah. His public assent has helped push shelters beyond cap capacity, tax local and state governments. It's always all. It's verse. These fucking people are garbage. But the malaria is so hilarious. That has been going on and on. It is still being said online. If you take two grams of this, you're going to die. And the whole world goes, if you take two grams of anything, you're going to die. But all of a sudden, two days ago, the shit hit the fan for that argument. Even the guy I played on the last podcast who said it's all Trump's fault, hydrochlorine and azithromycin are being used in New York City and Hawaii. And I'm sorry, Dems, it, it's working.
8: On the drug therapy uh, Tuesday, we're going to start the uh, hydroxychloroquine with the Zithromax. That's the uh, drug combination that the president has been talking about. The FDA approved New York State Department of Health to proceed with an experimental drug, again, on a compassionate care basis. But what it does is it takes the plasma from a person who has been infected with the virus, processes the plasma, and injects the antibodies into a person who is sick. And uh, there have been tests that show when a person is injected with the antibodies, that then stimulates and promotes their immune system against that disease. Uh, It's only a trial. It's a trial for people who are in serious condition, but the New York State Department of Health has been working on this with some of New York's best health care agencies, and we think it shows promise, and we're going to be starting that this week. There's also work on a serological drug where you test the antibodies of a person and see if they had the virus already. We all believe thousands and thousands of people have had the virus and self-resolved. If you knew that, you would know who is now immune to the virus and who you could send back to work, et cetera. Uh, So we're also working on
13: that. Hi, everyone. As promised, I am back to give you an update on how I'm doing. Uh, But first, let me start by saying how much I appreciated the messages of love and support from my last post. Uh, They really meant a lot to me as I was recovering, and I'm glad some of you found the information useful. Thank you. Sincerely. So, I'm happy to report that my progress has continued, and I feel practically back to normal. I am lucky enough to be in the 80% of diagnosed cases that have not required hospitalization. That's a an important statistic. Uh, I've pretty much been staying in bed taking my medication, but more on that later. Uh, as of now, I have no symptoms other than a little residual congestion, which should clear up very soon. I do remain in isolation though, where according to my expert representative, Lauren, from the Hawaii State Department of Health, with whom I've been talking every single day, <laughs> I am to remain until Monday. Now why Monday? Because according to our state's guidelines, self-isolation from my family can stop three days after the respiratory symptoms disappear without the help of drugs and seven days from when the symptoms started, uh, whichever is longer. So for me, that's Monday. Sound confusing? It kind of is. <laughs> uh, so be sure to check with the CDC website for more information. Now. It's also important to note here that I will not be tested again. Though for peace of mind, I would love to be, I'm told that once I meet those requirements, I'm considered recovered. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm not subject to any curfews or any other community guidelines. It just means I'm able to interact with my family again like a normal human being. By the way, thanks so much for the kind words regarding my family as well. Uh, I am happy to report that they are still symptom-free and just bored like the rest of us. Anyway, the other reason I won't be tested again is more serious. There just aren't enough tests for everyone who needs them. This continues to be a serious problem in our country, not to mention the general shortage of medical supplies. This mystifies me, considering we had a several-month head start in preparing for this outbreak. Anyway, if you or your organization can do anything to help our caregivers help us, please consider it. So, given all this, uh, there was no way I would want to use another test kit on myself when it could be used for someone else in need. But, the main reason I wanted to post today was, was because one of the first questions that people asked me was, what medicines did you take? Now, some of my friends even asked me that before they asked how I was doing, <laughs> which uh, was funny. But, I think it speaks to people's real need for help and information right now. So, not just sharing it with my friends, I wanted to share with all of you the medications I use to help recover. Uh, before I do, though, I need to say this in bold letters. Obviously, I am not a doctor, nor am I a lawyer, though I have played them on TV. I've always wanted to say that. Uh, <laughs> So please don't take my word as that of a medical professional. I also don't know all the proper legalese to protect myself in these situations, so forgive me if I don't use all the right disclaimers. Okay? That said, here is a treatment protocol I followed as prescribed by my amazing doctor. It was what's called a drug cocktail, which means it's a combination of different drugs. It consisted of Tamiflu, which is an antiviral, uh, the antibiotic azithromycin, more commonly known as a ZPAC, a glycopyrrolate inhaler uh, that was used to ease breathing and the inflammation that's commonly associated with COVID. And here's what I consider to be the secret weapon, hydroxychloroquine. This is a common antimalarial drug that has been used with great success in Korea in their fight against the coronavirus. And yes, this is the drug that the president mentioned the other day. It is also the drug that Dr. Anthony Fauci cautioned us about. He said that evidence that the drug was promising is anecdotal, and that is correct. It means it wasn't studied, and it's only based on personal accounts. Well, add my name to those personal accounts because I am feeling better. It's definitely true that using this drug for COVID-19 is considered off-label, which means that it's not approved uh, to use specifically to fight this virus. So I won't say that it's a cure, and I won't say definitively that you should go out and use it, but what I will say is that I believe it was crucial to my recovery. I believe the entire mixture of drugs was crucial to my recovery. Now, if you want a little visual evidence of how this mix is positively affecting patients, You can visit my friend Dr. Paul Song's Instagram account. That is spelled P-A-U-L-Y-S-O-N-G, Paulie Song. Um, He was posting about that the other day, and that post, in part, encouraged me to share my treatment protocol with you. The other question I was asked a lot about was my dosage. Now, that I won't really speak to because my dosage was tailored specifically to what my doctor knows about me. Obviously, everyone is different, so I would encourage you to ask your doctor or a doctor. I also want to point out that one of the reasons I was able to recover quickly, I believe, is because I was lucky enough to start taking these drugs before my fever got severe. As I mentioned the other day, my temperature started to rise, and that's when I was able to talk to my doctor. If you're able to recognize your symptoms quickly, try and ask your doctor about them as soon as you can. Okay, so that's today's update. But just a note before I go, I won't be addressing the politics of this issue in posts like this anymore, except to say this. My political beliefs may not be the same as yours, but especially in times like this, what's most important is that we put people over politics and take care of one another. It's in that spirit that I'm sharing all of this information with you. Now, if you want to learn more about the issue I referred to in my earlier post, though, please visit the Instagram sh- uh, account Next Shark. Sorry, let me say that again. Please visit the Instagram account Next Shark, and that's spelled N E X T S H A R K, like the fish. Anyway, I hope you found this information helpful, and more importantly, please stay safe, happy, and above all, healthy. Aloha, everybody.
3: While it's going on, and they're doing the trials, and it's showing good, poto loco, common hydrochlorine side effects may include headache, dizzy, ringing in the ears, nausea, vomiting, stomach pain, loss of appetite, weight loss, mood changes, nervous or irritable bowel syndrome, skin rash or itching, hair loss, muscular degeneration, and the entire world just responds like every other thing. Ever. What commercial doesn't have that? I mean, I remember my I don't remember what it is. Anal seepage. Anal seepage. So that's still going on. He's killing people by saying what the FDA did approve. New York's using And you just heard the guy last time that said he's the devil say it's fucking working. Then on top of it, Jake Tapper, on Sunday, allowed AOC to come on and say it's a hoax. And there was no
12: pushback.
0: And the fact that the president has not really uh, invoked the Defense Production Act for the purpose of, manufa- of emergency manufacture is going to cost lives.
12: The FEMA administrator, I asked him about that. He said it's not needed because so many American companies are stepping up to the plate and volunteering to do the right thing. Your response?
0: It is absolutely needed. You know, we are thankful to anyone who's pitching in on this effort, but we are nowhere near the beds the capac- and the capacity uh, that we need in this country. And, the, you know, we're hearing it every step of the way from this administration. First, we were hearing it was a hoax. Then we were hearing that everything was fine. Then we were hearing that the fundamentals of the economy was okay until the crash comes. And we cannot wait until people start really dying in large numbers to start production, especially of more complicated equipment like ventilators and hospital beds. We need to start this production right now to get ready for the surge that is coming in two to three weeks.
12: Let's turn to Congress. Right now, negotiations are are ongoing on an economic stimulus package. Chief White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow said yesterday it could be as high as $2 trillion. You've suggested that's still not enough. If you were writing this bill... How much would you spend, and where would the money go?
3: People took to the uh, internet. AOC just repeated the lie that Trump called coronavirus a hoax. This is not true, and has been debunked by numerous fact-checking sources. Would have been great if you fact-checked it, Tapper. Uh, Tapper's response: I thought about it because the president did not call the virus a hoax, but I didn't because he did call a hoax the concern of those saying that the response of the president was insufficient and that he was downplaying the gravity of the crisis, and that too was a lie. I guess that's the problem with politicians who lie so often. While I agree that Democrats are mischaracterizing what he said, what he did say was also false, so it's tough to justify taking the time for a fact-check when it's not taking a stand defining the truth. That's a journalist. What a cowardly excuse, Annie Banny. So you refuse to call it lies? What happened to our media? They have fact-checked the fucking world! Fact check the goddamn world that has a R behind their name. Neon Taser, the U of six months ago would have found the explanation to be bullshit. Stephen Miller, you know it was a lie, but Trump has said stuff, so I'm going to let her lie stand. Welcome to the new rules. If only President would stop embellishing things, we would fact check everyone else. A standard of excellence that literally did not exist until January 21st, 2017. And he spot the fuck on. That's our media. They can still go on about malaria. They will protect the Dems for blocking the important stuff that Donald Trump's not doing, which is getting money to people. They will say he's doing too much. They'll say he's doing too little. They're saying he's providing too much hope. They're saying he's not doing enough hope. I mean, for fuck's sake. It it wouldn't be so bad if it was just liberals, all right? Just liberals. But it's everybody. Everybody. They're all doing it. So, to finish this out and go into one little quick thing about the hunt and surviving the game. Here are four things. Uh, liberal, reliable source pours sugar on Governor Cuomo's remarks. Joy Reid guessed Bardella, Bardella Asians being attacked. She's saying now they're being attacked. Chuck Todd said he has no bias. And Steve Scalise on Twitter, Twitter, I don't know who this person is. It'll be our last soundbite. It's fucking horrible.
5: Let's review what we've heard from Governor Cuomo uh, with Dan Rather and Carl Bernstein. Carl, what was the most important message you heard from Governor Cuomo?
11: Real leadership of the kind the President of the United States should have provided to the American people throughout this crisis and has not. On the specifics... The governor wants the Defense Procurement Act not only invoked but used to compel American manufacturers to give the country, the hospitals, the health care system what it needs. Uh, he's been very eloquent about this. He and the other governors and Larry Hogan, who's chairman of the National Governors Conference, Cuomo is vice chairman. They are showing the kind of leadership that we need in this country. And in terms of that act. Uh, It provides, we have a president of the United States who has shown authoritarian tendencies throughout his presidency. He now has the opportunity to use the vast authority of the presidency to do what needs to be done to make it possible for this health crisis uh, to do what it can in in this country to the maximum. And what the governor is saying is, Mr. President, I'm working with you. It's time for you to use all of the power at your command to lead the American people and help the American health care system and our state and city.
8: Do you think using the term Chinese virus,
11: that puts Asian Americans at risk that people no, might target No, not at all. I think they probably uh, would agree with it 100%.
7: Well, let me just say, as an Asian American, yeah, it is racist, Donald Trump, so stop using it. There are right now people who are being subjected to racism. They are being attacked. They are being targeted partly because Donald Trump is driving this racist narrative. It's a distraction, but it's also dangerous, Joy, because there are people who look like me right now who they can't ride the subway without being attacked. They can't go to school without being attacked. They can't go throughout their day-to-day lives without having to worry about someone targeting them.
10: You know, we we hear, you know, the, the, the folks here at MSNBC do a good job trying to fact-check this man.
5: I wanted to ask about the – you hear a lot of people talking about the liberal uh, media and the liberal uh, mainstream media, and I'm curious if uh, when you're doing a show like Meet the Press, I would imagine that is a – Objectivity has to be a pretty important deal, and do you get a lot of that from uh, from guests uh, on the right? And I'm just curious whether they say, "Well, I don't want to do Meet the Press because we know where you guys come from." I watch the show; I don't sense that. So I'm curious whether you get any blowback from uh, political leaders about uh, you know
11: the the point of view of Meet the Press.
12: Not not from you know because there's no point of view to Meet the Press, um, right? Exactly. So not not oh. to the not to the professionals. Um, now there is a there's like the campaign guys who are working it right. They're they're just trying to work the refs. So they may try to lump a, an Al Sharpton and MSNBC and use that as a way to say, well, you know, you work with folks who are uh, have an agenda. So that must mean you have an the sort of guilt by association aspect of trying to get at people. But that is a that is just you know no different than. Calling, you know, yelling at a we're in college basketball time. It's no different than some coach going, "Hey man, you're not calling that foul. You're not. Why are you always doing that? Why are Duke getting all the calls? You know, right? That's sort of where this goes. And I have to say, and, and look, the left is now just as aggressive about this. I mean, I probably sure. get more heat from the left than the right these days because the left gets gets just as aggressive uh at trying to work the refs. They think that they think that we in the quote mainstream media overcompensate to the criticism. That's their that's their argument. Of course, the right says we're never that. You know, so it's um, it's a shame. I think advocacy journalism is in, you know sort of the Fox and what when MS at primetime that that those models that hasn't been healthy for politics. It's Make just sure. not healthy for it. It all goes to one of the explanations why uh, the we don't persuade people anymore.
5: If we don't go, if the legislature and the governor, before they go home this week, if they don't change the statute to allow for an all-male election system for the primary and the general election this year, they should be shot.
3: Once again, there's been no proof Asians have been harassed or hit, beat, whatever. There's been no pushback for those kind of statements. I mean, look at fucking Nicole Wallace. It's hard to fucking hope Rand Paul gets better. There are people online actually wishing that he would die and it was okay. Twitter didn't do anything about it. Doesn't fucking no big deal. Fucking it's Rand Paul. He's a Republican. Fuck Republicans. I mean, that's their attitude. So there's our quick politics section. Going to talk really quick about the hunt. That was the, a waste of 20 bucks. That's all I'm going to say. It wasn't that good of a movie. <clears throat> um, it does hit both sides them correcting themselves on, oh, that's appropriation, and don't say that word, and da-da-da-da-da. The main character, and I meant to look this up, but I didn't, because I fucking suck the hunt. As the reviews say, um, the main person, who is her fucking name? She's pretty good, and not to ruin it, um, the way it ends, you you kind of get the Betty Gilpin. She, she provides the, yeah, liberals are pieces of shit. I won't root. Well, spoiler alert. She wasn't even the right person they're trying to kill. And it's kind of a neat little cancel culture twist. In the very end, they... So, spoiler, 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 let's just, uh, spoiler, 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 spoil, spoil me spoil with spoiling, spoil, um, basically these shitheads ads say horrible shit online like they always do, and they don't get in trouble for saying it online, they get in trouble with the work, cause the work is trying to make money, and they don't give a fuck about politics. So then they go out and try to find all the people that said terrible shit and complain to the company. And so they just round those people up. And there was this internet QAnon, Q- whatever the fuck, um, rumor that liberals were killing conservatives, all right? So they decide to fucking do it. And we don't know how many of them were fake, but we do know the main female... Crystal. It wasn't her. There were two people with the same thing. And Crystal. Was an ex-soldier. So in the end. She fucks everybody up. And you have a happy ending. But it's not worth the money. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not worth the money. Um, I wasn't going to go to the theater. My plan was to rent it. We were bored. It was $20. We paid it. I don't know why we paid it. But we did. And... To be quite honest, the last thing my wife says is we're never doing this again. Because you don't own it. You just rent it. It's like a fee for going to a movie. Which is cheaper than, you know, I think here, RPX, 14 bucks a ticket. So I guess you save like $8 and you, you get your own popcorn. But um it wasn't, it, it's not worth the money. I would not go. I'd wait till it's um, a rental, download, on demand, um, or it's free. My wife said she'd just wait for it to be free. And that's probably what we should have done. But in the light of that, it's kind of a rip-off and pretty fucked up. And this is liberals. I hate to be that guy. But there was an original movie that was already based on this concept. And it was rich people fucking up homeless people. And it was called Surviving the Game. So we watched Surviving the Game. And here's the soundtrack. If you want to watch The Hunt, you can rent this for 2 bucks. It says it's an SD, but it didn't look like it was when I played it on Amazon. This was the original Hunting People. And Ice-T fucks everybody up. This was a good movie. Gary Busey, a whole bunch of big stars in it. It's kind of an underground. I don't know if a lot of people watched it. It bombed, but I love this movie. So here's the uh, trailer. The <laughs> trailer.
12: Why would you want to kill yourself? Maybe i like the idea of choosing when I die instead of having somebody else choose for me. If someone offered you a good job, would you
11: be
9: interested? What kind of job are you talking about? We need someone to help us with our hunts
13: out in the wilderness. you sure about this one? I'm sure. Has you got courage? You... Gentlemen, I would like you to meet our new hunting guide, Mason. Here's a toast to the hunters and a prayer for the hunted.
8: <laughs> the hunt begins...
13: Dad, the again. God, let me get the door for go, go, go. We're not really going to hunt him, are we? He's nothing. He's less than nothing. Come on, Mason! Don't take any part in this. I
1: want you! Thank you. Thank you. If you make it to civilization, you live. Thank you. If you don't, ah! maybe God will have mercy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's gone back to the cabin. None of them has ever done that before. Sister Mason! What's that smell? Everybody out of the cabin! I like not be rare. Ah!
9: Tribe, well done, bitch. Jack Mason knows he's going to die someday. Ah! Damn, I wish I'd never started smoking. But today, he's not in the mood. Ah! This is where it gets interesting. Never underestimate Come on, Mason! man who has nothing to lose Rector Hauer Charles Dutton Gary Busey F. Marie Abraham William McNamara and Ice-T Surviving the Game directed by Ernest Dickerson
3: so that is my quote quote special edition went to a medical clinic second week of the shutdown you know, it wasn't that bad. I did decon a lot. I did wear gloves, didn't wear a mask. And things aren't as bad as they say they are up in the fucking grocery stores. You can get food. I mean, you're going to go out there and <clears throat> have to rummage through certain stores. And if I, I really wanted to get everything. I could have gone to a couple stores. Uh, my, my son says it's pretty good at Kroger. So our local Kroger's are getting back up. Trucks are catching up. But toilet paper is a thing that I think we're just going to have to get around because it's going to take a while. Because the moment they get it in, they sell it out. Back in the day, this was the podcast. One hour and 30 minutes. Some of them were an hour. Some i have gone to three. I probably should downsize. But I wanted to get this out with a little bit of the politics and a little bit of the stupid. Um, and just kind of talk about what it's like to get out. Really bad skit. Sorry about that. I should've probably worked on it more. Hope you got a chuckle at it and I hope you're all safe. And this wraps up another episode of Flower Politics Podcast. Please to share, feel free to share those with family and friends. Send comments to FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. Get the show on SoundCloud, Pocket Cast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Remember to check out your Facebook page at FOP Podcast and your Twitter page at FOP Tony Reed. We're going to go with our next podcast. Um, I'm going to wait a while because it's getting kind of old. Let's go with the 29th. 29th of March, year of our Lord, 2020. It'll be a Sunday podcast. um, Full topic, little politics, new social media nuggets on the back end. Until then, once again, stay safe, enjoy the time with your family, disconnect from all your devices. Really, Twitter's just the devil right now, so why would you go on there? I am using Facebook a lot more than I... I haven't used Facebook forever. I really don't like Facebook, but I've been doing my little morning disc drive cleanup shit and trying to find old friends. Um, anybody out there in Oregon to listen to this, which I don't see any Oregon people other than my brother, um, Scott Thurman, we were friends. I watched a video of the other day of our wedding reception he was there. We were good friends, but it was pre-internet. Anybody know Scott Thurman? Give him this podcast so he can email me. I haven't talked to that guy in 30 fucking years, but he was a good dude. I don't know what happened to him, but, um, other than that, there's no reason to go online. It's all fucking fear-mongering and people dogging on each other and dunking. It's kind of fucking depressing. So spend time with your family. Um, make sure you reach out to your family. I, I know my grandkids were really worried about us as the numbers went up. And so they sent us text and I sent them joke pictures of Bubble Boy and uh, fucking pictures of the 12 monkey suits they had and said, we're safe. But, you know, let everybody know you're safe reach out to family and binge watch. Um, I will do a full review and I didn't want to do it today because I wanted it just to be a focus. Tiger King. If you have not watched Tiger King, good fucking God. Tiger King is a train wreck, a car crash, Moripovich, Povich, Geraldo, a little crime drama. Dr. Phil can't fix these people, that's all I'm saying. There's homosexuals, there's murder, there's cats, there's just everything wrong with the trailer park. It is so fucking wrong. People I never met were talking to me because I was on the hashtag going, this is some crazy ass shit, and we were talking back and forth all night. A really nice lady who's following me now, she's a liberal. But we were talking back and forth, she's from New York, I was from here, just going, what well, episode you on? I don't even know her, never met her, because I was like one of the first people to hit the hashtag, We're well, not the first, but I was on top. That fucking show is so fucking wrong, so, you know, for fun and shits and grins, I'm going to play the trailer on the intro Sunday, and we'll talk about that ahead of time, because I got a lot to say. It was crazy. As, all, as always, my friends, thanks for listening. Take care of yourself and stay safe. Tune in Sunday for another show.
1: Thank you for listening to Flyover Politics Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at Pop Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count. The sun and the air Are the shyness that is criminally in I am the sun and air Of nothing, nothing in particular